grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today, I want to talk this morning about stewardship. And you're going, oh, no. Time, talents, and treasures. No. Mm -mm. Something much more important. Something that's crucial. The first verse of the hymn we just sang, we give thee but thine own. Whate'er the gift may be, all that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. We'll talk about time, talents, and treasures in November. You can't avoid that. But I'm talking about the greatest treasure God has given to us, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has called us, each one of us, in our baptism to the love of God through Jesus Christ in his atonement for our sins that we have been forgiven and granted life everlasting. And that is the greatest treasure God has not only given to each one of us, but that which he has blessed our congregation with. And all of our time and our talents and our treasures, they go to that reality of the gospel in our parish. Now, it's interesting. I noticed that in our gospel lesson this morning, they're categorized two groups of people. There are the people of the world and the people of the light. My friends, you are the people of light for you have been touched and affected, each one of you, through the forgiveness that Christ has given to you. You are now owned by Jesus. You are owned by God the Father. You are a new creation. But did you notice in our gospel lesson, and this really caught my attention, that it's almost as though Jesus <clears throat> is commending this shrewd manager in how he deals with his situation at hand. Inevitably, it all comes down to this. In that passage, you cannot serve both God and money. <laughs> What's really neat, and I don't think you realize it, and it's just as well, you don't know that you don't serve money. You know that. I know that you know that. Oh, of course, money's a biggie but not as big as Christ. You and I also know that even though we are from different economical statuses, we really all have the same. <laughs> God provides for us and never has left us in true, true want. And I think a lot of it has to do with our trust by the Holy Spirit that God's given us the ability to trust in him. So it appears that Jesus is saying in our gospel lesson that don't ignore the ways of the world when it comes to the ministry of the gospel, okay? When it comes to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I, we have a totally different view. You may come from different political backgrounds, but as a Christian... <clears throat> You come from the scriptural background where God has given to us Christ. 
and we live out our life now just simply trusting. Isn't it true? Whether it's a medical condition you have or whatever, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. And therefore, we get on our knees to our Lord Jesus Christ. But what we're talking about here, especially with our congregation, is we can learn from the shrewd attitude of the money manager in our gospel lesson. And there are three real basic things that, we, that I draw out of this text that we need to deal with here at Zion Lutheran and every parish for that matter as people of the light. The first thing that have you noticed this gentleman, this manager of money, quote unquote, the unjust steward, if you'd like to call him that, is he knew his situation. He knew right where he was in his life. <laughs> Basically, he was in trouble. He was going to lose his job before he was tasked with one job specifically to do, but he was not a man who needed to be taught by other people what his situation was. He knew it. And he knew he had to do something about it as soon as possible. He says, I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. Have you noticed people of the world know right where their situation is. And I'm, I'm not drawing the context of believers and unbelievers, but really just of the world and of the church, which, forget that. But I can tell you right now what the, uh, the, Do the Dodgers situation is right now. I can tell you right at this moment. They, they are in the playoffs and they want to be in the World Series, and they want to win the World Series. My hopes are not so encouraged. The people that work on Wall Street, what do they want to do? They want to make money. Doctors and nurses and scientists, they want to find cures for common illnesses in our world. The students that just started Cal Poly this week, they want to excel. They want to complete the first week, the first months, the first year, and inevitably complete their education. If you are out there in the world fishing, you don't just want to get one fish, you want to get a bunch of fish, and you want to get a really big fish. What about you? Most specifically, I ask, what about Zion? What about our congregation? We should know our situation. And the situation was taught to us today by Paul in our second lesson. That God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That, my friends, is why we are here. That's what we need to be about that is our situation because the truth is this that without Jesus Christ people don't go to heaven and without Jesus Christ they go somewhere a lot worse than a poorhouse and we need to know 
We need to know that. It's crucial that we need to know that by grace through faith alone we are saved. We are made whole. We have hope. And hope is what the world needs. Hope that all things are well between us and them and God. God calls each one of us now and he calls our parish to be stewards of that message of the gospel now. And we have that wonderful message, as I just mentioned, truly of hope. And everything that we do as a church, whether it's repairing a window, whatever, whatever it may be, it must be all about the gospel. Whether it even just means a prayer. Thanking God for the blessings of that gospel. There's something else now that we learn, though, from this shrewd manager. So he knew his situation, and then what he did is he formulated a plan. It wasn't a real good plan. I mean, it was for him. But he achieved his plan. Through his plan, it was going to achieve his goal. The man in the parable had a plan, and this was it to write off his commission on the debts that were owed his boss. And it would cost him. It would cost him up front, but he had no other alternative. <laughs> so the man knew his situation and formulated a plan. So, hey, how does that work with Zion? We know our situation, that God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. What's our plan? It's, this is really, I think, the fun part. This is the fun part. Because if God gives us this basic kernel of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says, any way and every way, get to the people with that message. So it's not like we don't have different alternatives. We've got a lot of alternatives we could do here at Zion. And I've been listening to a lot of them. Here's some of them. Some of the alternatives are building a preschool on the back 40. Some is building some kind of an elder care facility on the back 40 in regards to people don't have access to elder care and preschool, for that matter, in, in San Luis Obispo. Building an apartment building for older folks in our back 40, take care of our own people, parishioners, and people in our community. And I heard one just the other day. Let's build a gymnasium back there. Build a gymnasium so that would be an outreach to the college students. We'd fill them up. The situation is this. We must bring the gospel to a dying world. We must formulate a plan. And as you not pastor, but as you and members of this parish debate these issues, count the cost of these issues, we can't pull ever out that gospel kernel. That gospel must always be there. How are we going to save the lost? What are we going to do? And what specific ministry that will bring the gospel into these people's lives? And you know what's going to happen? <laughs> it's going to happen it always happens. People are going to disagree. 
But when the rubber meets the road, regardless of whatever you choose to do for the sake of Christ, you may have to squash your opinion. You may have to let go and let God. Because inevitably, it's his church. And finally, something else, <laughs> something else the shrewd manager did. He knew his situation, he formulated a plan, and he did it. <laughs> he did it. Right or wrong, he still did it. He didn't just talk about his plan. And I think it's important as a parish that when we draw consensus together, that we do it. We don't just talk about it. We don't just meet about it, but we do it. I heard somebody not long ago say these words. You know, when Jesus Christ returns, he'll probably find most Christians in a meeting. <laughs> Talking about ministry rather than doing ministry. Now, I need you to remember something. So I think this is so important because I've seen it work in my life and Parrish's life. If you don't get consensus, that may be just God saying no. And where he closes a door, he always opens another one. So be a faithful steward, friends. Not just with your time. Not just with your money and your talents, but especially as a member of this parish, be a faithful steward to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Know your situation, formulate a plan, and do it so that some may be saved. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.